0: If you are traveling across America, you might, in the heat of the late morning, at the edge of a large city and an extensive forest, come across a large, hand-painted sign. It will only be there if you aren't in a hurry. You will only notice it if you have no place in particular where you need to be. The sign features one word, and no matter your history with the type of entertainment it advertises, you will be intrigued. If you are lucky, you will continue on, thinking a sign that old couldn't refer to something that still exists. Unfortunately, it still does, but only if you aren't looking for it. You are following a sign marked Zoo. Episode 7, Dear Director.
1: So, that document about the siren piqued my interest, and I had to track down where the evidence came from. And I ran across a familiar name. Special Agent Darius karamlu He was the one that found the remains of those vehicles in Colorado that the mountain ate. Did I just... Okay, so Darius solved, or thinks he solved, the case in Colorado in 98. Then he had some pretty run-of-the-mill cases until this one... And oh my god, this one is weird. This box, and the three others I had sent over from the filing room, are just the documents and photos. The evidence warehouse is full of shit from this one. Okay, so get this. The estate of Dr. Benton Van Zant, Case number 117-SE-0108. Case opened April 3rd, 2007. Case closed November 11th, 2007. On March 29th, 2007, police officers in Spokane, Washington, were asked to make a wellness check on an elderly man who had retired to a home on East 14th Street. Dr. Benton Van Zant had not been seen by his doctor or pharmacist for several weeks, and when checking with the neighbors, they had not seen him enter or exit the home during the entire month of March. Dr. Van Zant did not answer after three minutes and several rounds of knocking. At this point, the police officers forced their way inside to find a truly strange sight. The house was a horde of absolutely macabre things. Not even the usual fare of racist advertising and haunted porcelain figures that the elderly like to collect, but actually beyond explainable things. They also found the body of Dr. Van Zant crushed under a stack of file boxes filled with research notes that presumably stood to the top of his 14-foot ceilings. The police in Spokane were unable to locate any next of kin in the following days and were preparing to turn it over to a state agency before finding a room with more than a few items of international war crime evidence and contacted Washington. It took two days of bickering between us, the CIA, and the boys at Foggy Bottom to decide how to proceed on this. Coming off of my medical leave, I gladly volunteered to take the case that would involve more sifting through somebody's life than engaging in gunfights with narco suspects. I've compiled a list that corresponds to photocopies or photographs of all items that we've discovered over the past eight months. But the comprehensive list itself is enough to fill this box, so here's just a short list of some of the more standout items we found, just to give an idea of the breadth of the collection. 1. A sock monkey made of an unknown material that is fire and waterproof. 2. A poison ring and attached letter authenticated to have been written by Lucrezia Borgia. 3. The working prototypes of all five variations of John Harrison's 1693-1776 sea navigation clocks, and prototypes of two variations never before seen. All still working. Four, the complete skeleton of a 32-foot-long juvenile Spinosaurus. Most packed in wooden crates that included symbols and paperwork attributing the shipping to Erwin Rommel and the Nazi North Africa Corps. Five, one scissor. Note, not a pair, just one. We don't know how or why. Six, a fully articulated set of adult teeth belonging to an unimaginably large head of lettuce. Is it in the head of oh it's a head okay seven the master bedroom was filled with reels of film and videotape including 10 lost episodes of doctor who five lost episodes of i love lucy and an unseen but filmed before a live studio audience episode of friends in which ross and joey are married have two children and it isn't homophobic but it is kind of funny eight every printed issue of vogue 9. A map of L. Frank Baum's Oz, printed onto a pane of glass, and signed by Robert Heinlein. 10. The skeleton of Robert Heinlein. 11. One ancient sword, with a certificate of authenticity, and shipping label dating back to 1941, attributed to a home shopping network from the radio station WYRM that verifies the attached sword as Durandal, Sword of Roland. 12. Every unprinted issue of Vogue. 13. Photos of several strange creatures, including a bipedal frog, a large-eyed creature with long claws and back spines, and a photo set that includes three identical women in white dresses. 14. A crystal bar set hidden inside a globe that features 1970s countries, except the Soviet Union is labeled the Russian Empire. Included in the globe is a handwritten letter from 1972, signed Dmitry I, Emperor and Autocrat of all the Russias, of Moscow, Kiev, Vladimir, Novograd, Tsar of Kassan, Tsar of Astrakhan, Tsar of Poland, Tsar of Siberia, Lord of Peskov, and Grand Prince of Lithuania, and Finland, Prince of Estonia, Livonia, Courland, and Semigalia, Perm, Bogar, and others. Sovereign and Grand Prince of Nizini Novograd, Ryazan, Polatsk, Rostov, Kandia, and ruler of all the Severian country, Sovereign Lord of Iveria, the Kabardian lands, and Armenian province. Hereditary Sovereign and Possessor of the Circassian and Mountain Princes, and of others. Sovereign of Turkestan, Heir of Norway, Duke of Holstein, and Oldenburg, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. Fifteen. 12 first Edition Holographic Charizard Cards. Sixteen. Twenty-two toothbrushes in a Costco box labeled 144 toothbrushes. Seventeen. A box filled with 120 sterilized, used toothbrushes. 18. Eight sets of clothes in a particular shade of purple, with a cream owl-eyed moth printed on the breast. 19. A laser disc of Sleepy Hollow, 1999. 20. A vial filled with a black liquid labeled Darkness. 21. A vial filled with a white powder marked Time. Like the concept, not the herb. 22, a vial filled with a black powder marked time, followed by two exclamation marks. 23, a letter addressed from the White House of Richard Nixon thanking Dr. Van Zandt for helping with customs enforcement in Philadelphia. 24, a collection of perpetual motion machines. 25, a one gallon metal container of unknown alloy locked in an old refrigerator in the basement filled with uranium-235. 26. A collection of pamphlets dating back to 1922 and attached cards for donating to radio station WYRM. Based upon our records, there is no WYRM. 27. A laundry basket filled to heaping labeled Left Foot Socks. 28. A mirror roughly 3 foot tall and 2 foot wide that reflects the viewer upside down and in photo negative. Strange, probably some strange metal or parlor trick. 29. A reel of film containing as of yet unseen footage of Adolf Hitler, examining a stuffed two-headed eagle on display in some mountain castle. Also included is a letter in German, signed Walter Nahaus, head of the Thule Society. 30. A doctorate degree in natural sciences, biology, and animal psychology. 31. A skeleton of a tiny human being with bird wings. No more than 12 inches in height, articulated, and displayed in a bell jar. 32. A vinyl copy of 2000 album Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water by Limp Bizkit, including a 16th track, which is just 22 minutes of Fred Durst slamming his head into different instruments. 33. Two working Halcyon game consoles with three different Laserdisc games. 34. An early edit of a film titled Shazam, wherein the comedian Sinbad plays a magical genie. 35. 148 boxes of files, documents, photographs, letters, and copies of sent letters. More than a few boxes are sprayed with blood or other bodily fluids that the boys called Dr. Slurry. Myself, O'Connors, and Pike spent eight months going through everything. We found evidence of a good dozen reasons why this is an FBI case, but decided to file this away as a 117 after finding the uranium. Despite all the investigation, we could not find any violations of international law that would have long-lasting effects. No government secrets seem to have been sold, no exchange of weaponry. And while he has come into possession of certain illegal or even dangerous items, Dr. Van Zant did not help any terrorist organization nor any rogue governments. Well, this is absolutely the strangest file I've ever read. There were cases in the 80s and 90s of senile escaped Nazis blowing their cover in the Midwest, which is, I bet, what they thought this was going to be. But this guy seems to have played the Nazis, and Sandinistas, and Nixon, and the Ayatollah, and Thatcher. Good for him. So the case documents fill this entire banker box, but the documents they pulled from his file boxes for deeper investigation are buck wild. And this is why I think this is so important. A series of letters, copies I think, addressed to the director. Just like Titanium Violet said. Just like Lydia said. Evidence Item 117-SE-0108-J203 A collection of letters signed by Dr. Van Zant on duplicate paper. February 18, 1980 Dear Director, A most amazing opportunity may very well have appeared on our front doorstep. Throughout the history of your organization, there has been one asset so elusive, so mysterious, so iconically perfect within the bounds of the mandate, yet never before has true existence of one of these great creatures in the current time ever been verifiable by modern, credible sources. Until now. I'm not talking bones or fossilized eggs. I'm talking the real deal, flying and everything. Type 8, label 0001, has been seen near the southern edge of Okanagan-Wenatchee National Forest. It is large and very dangerous. It has set fire to several trees near Catchus Lake and the surrounding hills. I'm expecting level 3 containment will be necessary, but adequate. With your signature on my proposed action plan, I do believe we can tranquilize and transport the first actual dragon to the zoo by the end of the month. Sincerely, Dr. Benton Van Zandt February 28, 1980 Dear Director, We have set up monitoring stations around the National Forest and I have outfitted the three teams with the necessary equipment. 10 life cattle, a transport trailer, the recorded voice of a shrieking damsel, a high-tech stereo system, 500 gold coins, and 1 quart of diprinifene. We have also made use of our contacts in the area and are hoping to triangulate his position with radar from surrounding airports. I project only a matter of weeks before we've collected the dragon. Sincerely, Dr. Benton Van Zant. March 10th, 1980. Dear Director, The situation is progressing as expected, just a bit behind schedule. We had to spend some time cleaning up a mess when a passing charter plane saw the dragon in flight over Tiana Way Community Forest. I've spent most of the last week suppressing newspaper stories and police reports. The good news is that when we compare the reports from the witnesses, we are able to make a good estimate of what specific species we are dealing with. First, we can confirm that it is most definitely a dragon and not a wyvern. Not that having a wyvern wouldn't be a gift unto itself. Based on the coloration and wingspan and the short tail, I've been able to consult the current taxonomy and determine it is most likely a Lothian Thunderback, with a slight chance of being a Stabbersdale Night Eater either way it's enough for us to begin work on the new enclosure we will need to create a shell company to begin buying up the heat resistant ceramic that's currently on the market sincerely dr benton van zant march 27th 1980 dear director we've had a bit of an emergency i've had to reroute gillespie's team to the sighting of a salamander down near mount st helens Salamanders only come out of their dens during forest fires and volcanic eruptions. Is it possible that the volcano may be close to eruption? If so, that might be why the dragon is making an appearance, as they often feed on volcanic ash. This would also mean that dragons have the potential to detect upcoming eruptions, which is something we've never been able to discern before. Without even being detained, this creature is shedding new light on this magnificent stratum of animal. Not that I see any reason as to why containment would not be possible. Dr. Benton Van Zandt April 18th, 1980 Dear Director, we've had a setback. A hiker went missing in the National Forest. Search and Rescue is currently being deployed throughout the zone giving us both the benefit and burden of having hundreds of people in the forest that might find the dragon's nest. We have infiltrated each of the search parties and have begun trying to fill local and state media with alternate stories to decrease the attention on the missing hiker. He's probably Dragon Chow anyway. Dr. Benton Van Zant. April 22nd, 1980. Dear Director, we are closer now than we have ever been. Spotter saw the creature on the wing near Longmire. We had to ruin the career of a journalist that took video of the creature by discrediting the footage as a smudged lens and a single-engine prop plane at a distance. But the financial well-being of one man does not compare to the substantial amount of benefit to the scientific community that the capture, containment, and study of this creature can bring us. Again, I graciously appreciate the trust you have bestowed upon me with the task force and resources that you have placed under my direction. Your devotion to my craft is so rare in this day and age. You are truly the last great champion of scientific discovery on this earth. Your most faithful scientist, Dr. Benton Van Zandt. Oh, Lord. Okay. April 25th, 1980. Dear Director, It is my utmost displeasure to inform you that we have captured the cryptid responsible for the monster sightings in this area. It is not, as I had predicted, a dragon, Lothian Thunderback or otherwise. It is, rather, a common fire-breathing Indonesian Neoterosaur. Most likely carried here on the Gulf Stream and attracted to the minute volcanic gases being released by Mount St. Helens. We captured the beast and it's currently in the Washington safe house at Forks. We have room in the aviary for one more rope in, I believe. And while it is a large member of the species, it should fit in with the current population. I am pushing for a rapid evacuation before the volcano blows. Most humbly, Dr. Benton Van Zant. PS. I recommend the immediate replacement of the groundskeeper of the Washington Safehouse. He's convinced there's a family of vampires living in the region, and his pseudo-scientific evidence that they sparkle in the sunlight is beyond irresponsible. Okay. This cannot be real. It's no wonder Karamlu saw this and laughed. It, it's absolutely unbelievable. I looked up Karamlu. By the way, he retired and became a crime novelist and makes more money per book than I make in a year. There's so much here: feeding adjustment recommendations for a Mongolian deathworm, Redesign schematics for an exhibit for something called a tailipo, interview notes with somebody named Springheeled Jack. And there's a map of Bigfoot sightings, cause why wouldn't there be? There's even a collection of documentation for Lingua Foda Hibernia, a group of which were collected from Florida. The collection began in October of 1996. I haven't had to use Latin in a while, but foul-tongued Irish woman seemed pretty obvious. Banshees. These are the women Beckett let get away. And if they fit a description at all similar to the creatures that were mentioned in that research Titanium sent me after, they aren't even women at all. They're monsters. Cryptids, as Titanium calls it. Monsters, or creatures. Animals, mostly, that exist outside of known zoological science. Outside of human reasoning. Some survive off of mythology or almost magical means. Some are human-looking, like the Banshees, or like the murderer in California. Others are creatures like strange dogs or that thing down in Texas. Any of the things down in Texas. But these bastards, they're collecting and hiding these things. Dr. Van Zant, Dr. Umbriety, Amos, and the man in the charcoal hat, who I now know as the director. A cabal hiding murderers in a zoo. But where the fuck is it? I still can't explain the sign. I found something else. A document from an FBI agent in 1973, and a corresponding document in Van Zant's files. Here's the FBI report. Case number 54-PH-2232. Agent Shepard Maloney. July 19, 1972. Yesterday, we arrested 12 members of a criminal gang and others in Philadelphia's port district following a brief shootout. The arrested men are expected to flip relatively easily as they belong to opposite sides of a trade deal between a Colombian smuggling cartel and a local crime family that runs a small German restaurant. The Germans were trying to acquire a live animal from Germany to prepare for a meal celebrating the Olympic Games returning to Munich next month. The Colombian cartel, which we'd already been interested in for drug trafficking, was a small cell of a larger organization, but for some reason, their leader, Varys, was present. The reason as to why he thought this would be so important as to be present instead of on his private island in the Bahamas is unknown. Time will tell if this will result in the collapse of the cartel, or if one of his lieutenants, like Later or Escobar, will step up. The animal, which was collected along with the evidence, was handed over to Customs as it was imported without the proper quarantine time to pass. They will handle the animal for the time being until this comes to trial. Agent Hurst is in stable condition and the two deceased members of the cartel have been handed over to the Philadelphia coroner. But the animal never got to Customs. Customs reported later that the animal in question was lost, that they didn't have an intake record. They think it was a clerical error, but in truth... July 20th, 1972 We have, by way of a new friend in the FBI, come into custody of a new asset. A bestia palatinesis, or in the common German, Elvetrich. With the upcoming celebration opening days of the Munich Olympics, we were not surprised to see that a German crime family was trying to celebrate with a traditional German meal of roasted cryptid Bratendel. And who would blame them? That's a lot of drumsticks on a bird. The creature must be fed in the appropriate manner for cryptid fowl. Two pounds of feed per week, but with the Cervidae features present, I'd also like to place a salt lick in the enclosure. Let's spruce the place up a bit with some traditional German plants, keep the temperature sub-alpine, but simulate fog when necessary to really make it feel at home. I was wondering if in the long term, we couldn't perhaps rearrange a few exhibits to place it next to the warbletingers we have on Path C. I'm also happy to report that we can trust Agent Maloney. My exchange for a tip about the illegal smuggling of the animal was met with the expected result. He turned it over with pleasure. My tip even got a letter of recognition from the White House for my Dedication as a private citizen for enforcing the law and order of the land. My father got a similar letter from a similar man in Germany in 1938. Maloney may be the stooge of a corrupt government, but a stooge can be trusted to act in service of a higher power. It's good to see that since the passing of J. Edgar earlier this year, the FBI has become more malleable to the needs of the mandate. I don't think Karamlu caught this. Bribing an FBI agent would have resulted in a much larger investigation than what Karamlu conducted. It's not hard to miss. It was one page in two dozen journals spanning four decades of a man's life. I just got lucky and picked up the right book first. Well, tenth, actually. Maloney was in the Philadelphia field office for decades. God only knows how many of his cases were subverted for the benefit of the director. Unfortunately, I can't just ask for every case from the history of a single agent in a field office without opening up a case investigating his history. And for that, I'd need at least a deputy assistant director in internal operations to open the case. And I had one. And I can't trust him. I fear that once I get the last of the files from Kansas City, I'm going to have to quit stalling. This case will have to end, or I will have to take this to Gideon with what I've got, and what I've got is the ravings of a mad hoarder, the assemblage of an agent fired for misconduct, and the testimony of an agent who I now have every reason to suspect is part of the problem. I am running out of time. But it's now or never. This conspiracy will be exposed, even if I get fired for doing it.
0: Zoo was created by Connie Kitts, C.J. Hausch, and Cody Phillips. The voice of Michaela is Connie Kitts. Original music by Nathan Gandy. Thank you to our patrons, Spooklight sponsors Yzma Hecht and Lucille Valentine, and Bigfoot benefactors Paul Matteo and Matthew Statton. Follow us on Twitter, at Zoo Podcast. Money makes the world go round, so give us money, or the world will stop turning please donate to patreon.com slash zoopodcast. Zoo fact! The Dimwav, or Dr. Umbriety's wondrous variety, is not actually a cryptid, but is the genetic amalgamation of water buffalo, giraffe, and other high-yield meat-producing domesticated animals. The Dimwav was created to combat meat shortages, so while they are on display... They are also available as Dimwaf Burgers at the concession stands.
1: I don't think Mr. Rogers ever wore a knee-length black velvet cardigan, probably. He did in that one movie I saw. That was in another dimension, sweetheart.